When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex Afternoons 5 to 7 of the Horn. Back on the Sports Complex, hour two of the Sports Complex on a Tuesday afternoon. Text lines open, 512-447-3776. College football playoff rankings coming out shortly. We'll try and keep you up to date with those. We're on till 7, so we will definitely get you those before the end of the show. We can't do it during this, you know, we can't do it during this segment. We'll try and get to it. Uh, as soon as we can, going to talk some Texas basketball, talk some NFL. If you guys want to keep talking Texas uh, football, keep texting in. Uh, we will try and get to uh, everyone's text who texts in. We always try to here on the sports complex. 512-447-3776. Uh, let's talk some Texas basketball. They win their game last night. 88 to 56 over Incarnate Word University. We got to see the debut of TJ Ford Jr. for Incarnate Word. Uh, it was fun watching TJ Ford uh, just be a dad out there uh, after all he's done for Texas and wearing the Incarnate Word shirt. That was fun to see. Uh, appreciate the tribute to Lance Blanks that uh, Texas and uh, the LHN did before. Uh, Lance was always a very nice guy to me uh, when I was working courtside for all those Texas games for years. Uh, so I, I, you know, uh, he was definitely missed. I know there's going to be people that are not thrilled that Bruce Bowen is calling games, but, you know, he's a, he's a defense first guy, and so is Rodney Terry, so it could work out that way. Uh, some notes uh, for what Texas uh, did in that game. Uh, some notes that you may want to put in there. Uh, Caden Shedrick. Caden Shedrick looked amazing. He only played under 12 minutes. He played under 11 and a half minutes in that game. It seemed like he that was a stat that blew my mind that he only played in 11 and a half minutes. Uh, he ended up with three blocks, five rebounds, and twelve points in in twelve in eleven and a half minutes. Just being solid off the bench, I think he's going to be a huge addition. Uh, I'm assuming in the eleven and a half minutes, they're still kind of working it back from that injury and didn't necessarily want him to be out there and play a bunch of minutes. He did play a lot of his guys some good minutes. He he definitely is taking this time to make sure everybody's in conditioning. Uh, condition shape because they're up by 30 points and he was not pulling them until the very end you only got those real bench players in for about two minutes of uh, game time so not a ton of extra game time for a lot of those players but you want to get Dylan Mitchell had over 30 minutes Max Acemas have over 30 minutes Tyrese Hunter was just under 30 minutes of play Ithiel Horton had a good game he's somebody who's going to have to work on picking his shot but if he's got an open he's going to have to take those shots uh, he was set three of seven for three pointer. Pretty good field goal percentage there. Uh, definitely going to be there. Uh, Onyema looked really good as a guy coming in. He actually started out, started the game, played less minutes than Brock Cunningham did, 
at that kind of four or five position, but showed a lot of energy and defensively a lot of energy. Uh, and then Kendall Weaver as well came off the bench. He's going to be the uh, fourth guard off that bench, which is the first guard if they're going to be playing that three-guard lineup with Horton, uh, Tyrese Hunter, and Max Acemas. Acemas kind of looked like he was. They had a really slow start in that game, so there wasn't uh, a ton, you can say, of how the start of the game looked. That you know, it was a problem for Texas last year. Rodney's just going to have to keep getting on it. But one of the things you saw in this game, this is a defense-first team, but – Rodney Terry is letting this team run. He let the team run a lot last year. He's going further into that. If you watch the Spurs at all this season with Jeremy Sohan at point guard, uh, they're kind of they're not going that full route on it, but they are letting the team, if you get the rebound, push the ball. Push the ball. We don't need it to go. We don't need to stop, reset, and give it. Let's go get mismatches on defense and try and go get those scores. That's a different few set that a lot of guys are starting to get more into that you really want to get. If you play good defense, defense doesn't necessarily pay off if you then allow them to set up their defense and you slow the game back down. If you can play defense and then go pull them and they're not set up and you have mismatches and you're able to get in, especially once a Dylan Nassou comes back in and he gets down the court and gets a post up against somebody who's 6'3", or you know a Shedrick who seems like he's going to be a big part of this team, if he's able to get a post up against somebody who's a little bit smaller, that's a big play for Texas if they're able to keep moving the ball down. The one downside, Tyrese Hunter did not look great. I'm not going to put everything on one game. I know he struggled some with his shooting percentage last year. We talked about it. he was three for nine in the game. He was probably, you know, he, he's the one sore spot of he just didn't look fully in rhythm. I'm not going to hold that against him in one game. We're going to hope that that in, uh, continues to improve. He also had four turnovers. It's not a great game for Tyrese Hunter. He's trying to take over as the guy. And I think we talked yesterday about with Marcus Carr, it was kind of Marcus Carr's team. And Tyrese Hunter was the you know off guard a little bit, but it seems like Texas kind of now wants everybody to push the ball, which may push off a little bit on Tyrese Hunter that he's got to figure out his game plan once again. If he can continue to play really good defense, though, uh, it's going to help out, and he just needs to keep getting more and more comfortable with that shot. It seemed everybody was a little off on the shot early on. They probably had not practiced at the Moody Center a ton. Uh, before this, so it's a little bit to get your momentum back once you've been practicing in the gym, and that's why you go do those other scrimmages because then it just takes you a minute. But once they get into the flow of the regular season, uh, those starts should be a little bit faster. It is a little bit worrying, but, I mean, it's Incarnate Word. It's the first game of the season. I'm not going to worry too much about anything on this game. Uh, a couple other notes. We did notice Dylan Mitchell went 0 for 3 from the free throw line. It's good to see him get there. He still wasn't taking a lot of shots, but he was trying to go get some rebounds. He had six rebounds in the game. He was trying to play some really good defense. Uh, he gets two block shots in the game as well. I think he's still trying to find his role, but uh, Rodney Terry is trying to get him to push the ball. Push the ball down the court. Get the ball, and if you want to, if you want to be a scorer, if you want to have those big explosive plays, what you can do is be the guy who blocks a shot and gets on down the court and gets going and and runs downhill. That's another one, Kendall Weaver. I know he likes to shoot the three. I think he's going to be one. He was one for four. I think Kendall Weaver is going to be a guy who's going to go downhill. And with his passing acumen, when he starts to feel comfortable on passing the ball downhill, Serge Abari Rice is at the game. Teach Kendall Weaver a little bit of a pump fake and get him to drive to the basket and then kick the ball back out to one of the better three-point shooters. He's going to be a big help for this team as well. But a lot of positives uh, for Texas basketball in that game that you saw. They do win by 32 points, which is what you wanted to see in that game as well. Basically, Sky Wicks was the guy for Incarnate Word who wanted to put up put up 22 shots in that game. 
Uh, he was he was really going for it. Uh, some other guys shot a lot and did not hit any of them. So props to Sky Wicks because uh, he was the only one with more than uh, two field goals made, which is not a great number. But that shows the defense. It's basically one guy was able to get more than two field goals on Texas. They played good defense. They had nine blocks in the game. They had ten steals. Uh, they need to shore up the turnovers, but that'll happen with time. Uh, good first outing for Texas. Makes you feel good about this team. Makes you feel good about Texas and where they're at with Rodney Terry. And I'm telling you, recruits are going to love the way Rodney Terry is playing basketball because he is pushing the basketball, and that is a fun way to play. If you want to play defense, and it, you know, like a Virginia, that's one of the things with Shedrick. They want you to play heavy defense, but then they want you to come down and you know pace the ball and then get in your set. And that doesn't necessarily feel like it was his game as much as what he was doing last night, which is running up and down the floor, getting big plays, getting back on defense, getting down and getting underneath the basket early, getting good position. He just looked really good. That's a guy that you need to watch out for. If he's healthy and he continues to play at the level he played against Incarnate Word, which may not, you're going to play against some bigger teams. He's 6'11". So, you know, depending on who he plays against, it depends uh, what he's going to be able to do. But he looked really, really good in that game. Uh, Anyema looked pretty good in that game. Kendall Weaver had a good game. Uh, I, You know, I don't know. I, I hit Ithiel Horton looked like a good shooter. And, you know, if you take away the ones he missed early, I think that he's shooting, uh, uh, you know, probably three for five from three. If you take that out. So a good game. For Texas basketball. If you got any takes on that, 512-447-3776. Does not look like the college football playoff rankings have moved too much. Texas is and at seven. Texas is and at seven. Uh, Oregon still at six. Washington still at five. So the Pac-12 still sitting just outside. Does not look like too much movement. Uh, you're going to assume Florida State will be coming in at number four uh, when they announce it. I don't know what they're saying. So I don't know how long they're going to be until they announce the number four team on that uh, but trying to keep you up to date with it all. Text lines open, 512-447-3776. Before we get to the NFL, if anybody else has anything else, uh, we do have some people. Oklahoma Gred says Big Ten is third. Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, ACC. So you have the ACC as your worst conference. I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I think that's kind of that battle of consistency versus powerhouses and Big Ten will fall in the middle of that. I, I mean, that's kind of the argument is the Big 12 and the SEC or the ACC can say, look, look at our consistency. We have a lot of teams that did well. Uh, I think you also kind of have to look at non-conference schedules. I don't think the Big Ten played a ton of great non-conference. Uh, but, you know, what are you going to do in those? Uh, don't all teams have access to coaches' views of games? If so, all schools have access to signs. Kind of. There's apparently a lot more going on with Connor Stallions because the more you try and just say that everybody does this and everybody knows it happens, but it's, you know, what's the links of it? Apparently it's going much deeper and that's why it's a big problem. And now there's rumors of, if police involved in an FBI and all that. And I, you don't know anymore. You don't know who's telling the truth in all of this and what's actually happening. It's a hard story to keep up with. I liked it a lot more when it was just a funny name and Connor stallions falls into rods. Don't uh, trust people with uh, shady names, Connor stallions. And now people are posting Connor Stallions and believing he's at every single sideline and he's wearing the other team's gear, getting in and learning calls and learning. And, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about it to tell you exactly what it is, but uh, it does not seem like it's going to end up well. Text uh, Brian from the ranch says Shedrick stole the show for me last night for UT hoops, dishing dimes, smooth free throws, active defense and rebounds. Nice surprise for me. I agree with you 100 percent. 
and our uh, polls did not change. Ohio State's still at one. Georgia's still at number two. I don't agree with that one bit. Not one bit do I agree with that. I think Georgia's a better football team than Ohio State, hands down, every day of the week. I think Michigan's a better football team, but they'll put a chance to prove that as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, Caden Shindrick, that if you did not watch that game, I'm telling you, you're going to enjoy watching Shedrick play. I, the stat that was the craziest to me of all stats was that he only played in 11 and a half minutes because I felt like I kept seeing him. I felt like every time he was on the court, he was making a big play, so I just assumed he was in the game uh, for a little bit longer. That was not the case. Chan, my man, says Texas uh, is top, top 15, and Texas is saying seven. You're right. Pretty much everything stayed the same uh, in the top 10 ranking, I believe. Uh, so college ball player rankings, no big surprises in that. All right, want to get some NFL talk? Text lines open, 512-447-3776. Also remember, Texas women start their season off tonight. Roy Harmon and the crew against Southern, 7 o'clock on Longhorn Network. If you want to check out some women's basketball, they're a highly ranked team. Vic Schaefer will have them ready to go. That is a team that will do Texas proud again this season. I don't have a ton of prep on, on Texas women's team. Uh, we'll try and watch some of those games throughout the season and keep you up to date with Texas women. Uh, but there's not as much resources uh, finding about Texas women, so we'll just have to watch the games and get more into that as well. Uh, NFL talk. I do want to bring up something that I mentioned yesterday, and I got some blowback on it. Uh, the people were like, no, look, they're going to make the playoffs. About tech, about the Cowboys. And, and, and really, I believe the Dolphins are in the same camp too. Uh, that they have not, they now the Jets lost that game and are now 500. That they have not beaten a team above 500. Now they haven't had the chance. They've played two teams above 500 and both of them beat them. Uh, and then they lost to the worst team in the league as well, or the worst record in the league in uh, the Cardinals. But it is a problem when you say, well, you can't really judge this Cowboys team on their record. Five and three, you say, great, but you're not beating great teams. You're beating okay teams. And and for the Cowboys, that's kind of what they've been. They've been right around the middle of the pack, and they've been a better regular season team than I think they even look like this year. Because this year we see there's some major flaws that they thought they were going to take steps in and didn't. So we know that the run game, and I'm going to play some sound from, uh, from Hook'em Up this morning where Rod kind of talks about Tony Pollard and you know, what solutions there may be for a, tech, for a Dallas team that is really struggling to run the ball. And there's a couple of players that were out there in free agency, one of which was signed to the Cowboys practice squad today. So I don't know if he'll be on the active roster, but it's a, I believe, 31-year-old Martavis Bryant uh, who's been in the league, had some drug issues, uh, was suspended from the league, asked for reinstatement, I believe in 2019, and it took till 2023 for him to be officially reinstated. He has been playing in uh, in other leagues, but he'll be coming back. This is the Cowboys trying to respond to the fact that they, like the Longhorns, are really bad in the red zone. And when you don't have a run game, now the Texas Longhorns have a run game, they just are having trouble getting the ball to the wide receivers, and wide receivers getting space in, in the red zone, and maybe getting the right play calls. And getting a push, and plenty of things for long run. But for the Cowboys, they don't necessarily have that run game, and so defenders are a little bit able to sit back on it and stop the run, and then you have to throw the ball, and trusting Dak Prescott in that area is not the best quarterback in the league. We all can agree on that. I don't think he's the worst quarterback either, but he's not the best. So trusting him, you need to have bigger targets, and if they're doubling CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cook's not a big target. He's a speedy target. He may be able to get some separation, but he's not a big target. Martavis Bryant is 6'4". He has got a vertical, or at least he used to, and that is probably the main reason they have brought in Martavis Bryant is they're hoping to at least 
if nothing else, make people use resources in the red zone for a player that they thought Ferguson was going to be this year. I don't know if Ferguson has been able to get his routes down and his separation down enough to be able to be that threat in the red zone. And they're maybe hoping Martavis Bryant could be a guy in short yardage and in red zones that Dak can throw up a 50-50 ball and Bryant can go up and get it. Now, you're going to see in practice and in, in, you know, running around in practice what's, if that's going to work, if that's a viable solution for the Cowboys. I don't know if it's really anything more than a stab in the dark because you didn't make a move at the trade deadline because you didn't sign anybody until now, and now you're kind of grasping at straws. He was just reinstated. So they can say, hey, you know, and Jerry also, it's a perfect Jerry Jones signing because Jerry loves giving guys second chances. It may work out. It may be another option. Now, again, if your offense needs four good wide receivers to be able to score, you know, you don't have an offensive genius calling it. But but if Martavis Bryant, he is to give another uh, another spot, another big target in the end zone. Uh, for red zone to try and get some of these touchdown, these field goals turned into touchdowns. That's kind of why they're bringing him in for a look. There is another player that is out there right now who's cut from the Bengals, former Cowboy, that is apparently uh, starting to get healthy and starting to look to uh, talk to some teams. Leo Collins is reportedly there's starting to be interest. Now, I don't know if it's Cowboys' interest or Leo Collins' interest, but because of the numbers of what Terrence Steele has done at that right tackle position. Because of what the Cowboys are looking at, trying to keep pressure off, trying to get a run game going. And the stat that I read the other day was total pressures allowed by Dallas Cowboys offensive linemen this season. Tyler Smith, only four. Great playing. Tyron Smith, still a stud, five. Tyler Biotish is up at 14. That's not great. Zach Martin's at 13, but that's because that right side of the line is getting targeted and going after because Terrence Steele has 28. 28, 12 against the Eagles. They are attacking that side of the football, and you have to figure out a way to slow that down. And you don't necessarily have the running back that you can put in there to, on the right side to really slow anybody down because you can put in Rico Dottle, but now you know you're not going to run Rico Dottle as much, so you don't really have the option there. So you may want to bring in another offensive lineman, Leo Collins, and He's been on this Dallas team before. It's a possibility that they go call out to him and see if he has interest, if no other teams do, and give him a shot over in that right tackle position. You know, he played guard for the Cowboys some too, but if you play, if put him in that right tackle, see what he can do for Leo Collins. That is somebody that you may go ahead and bring in if you're going to be trying to bring in guys like Martavis Bryant and you're just trying to figure out something to kind of get you over this hump because this Dallas team, they have a couple more weeks of games they need to win. They need to win their next two or three games because then you go into that stretch between week 13 and week 17 where you play five teams that are above 500, and that is going to be the make-it-or-break-it time for this Cowboys season. Let's go. I One more thing I want to mention uh, that there's a lot of talk about Bill Belichick right now and something that I think people are kind of leaving off on this report where they say he's coaching for his, his career right now and we can talk more about where he may go uh, tomorrow or we'll talk about more coaches on the hot seat. We can do that throughout the week, right? But I just want to mention this before we go to break. Bill Belichick, if you have any takes on Bill Belichick, if you think he's going to be fired, send that in the text line, 512-447-3776. But Bill Belichick, the, the theory that Bill Belichick will be fired from the Patriots because he is losing too much seems backwards and redundant to me at this point in the season. You're at week 10. You are not going to be a playoff team. We all 
understand that. We all understand that that this team is probably not going to be able to go to, to, to achieve the things that they were hoping to. The Mac Brown experiment has not worked out the way that they wanted to. They're two and seven right now. You're not going to go on a run with this team and auto, you know, and win the rest of your games to be a surefire playoff team. So you at this point probably don't want to win a lot of games. So why would you fire the coach who clearly is not winning games? Because he's not winning games to then hire an interim coach, which apparently all rumors are they want Mayo, who's one of their assistant coaches, to be the next guy. He's the coach in waiting is whatever all the reports are. Why would you bring him in to tank, to be bad, so you can go get another quarterback because you're going to move off Mac Jones because that was a Bill Belichick guy because that was a guy, or Josh McDaniels guy, whoever it was. You, you're you're going to move off of that. You may want to go get your next quarterback. You're 2-7. and seven. You're up there for that first pick or the top pick in the draft. So why would you why would you fire your coach for being bad? Wouldn't you want him to be bad? I don't get I get Bill Belichick's going to continue to try and win. But this this Patriots team, you just handcuff them. And then at the end of the season, you know, you say, "Hey, we've decided to part our ways. We decided to move on." And Bill Belichick's going to go and uh follow his dreams elsewhere and then, you know, then we'll get into the talks. And if you guys have any predictions, I'd love to hear them where you think Bill Belichick may end up next season. If you may you can say the Patriots we may ask that later this week. We may get into that more tomorrow because we're running out of time right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, I'll uh, read some more of your texts. We'll play you some sound from Hook Em Up talking about uh, Tony Pollard in this Cowboy situation. Rod always gets uh, some great stats and some great takes. We'll come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the horn. Grandma's hands clapped in church on Sunday morning. Grandma's hands played a tambourine so well. Grandma's hands used to issue out a warning. Don't you run so fast Might fall on a piece of glass Might be snakes there in that grass Grandma's hand Grandma's hand Soothe the local unwed mother Back on the sports complex here on the horn on a Tuesday afternoon Afternoon Playing uh, artists that have served uh, the the armed services, the armed forces, and uh, Bill Withers here. I did not realize he served nine years for the U.S. Navy before going on to be just an, a really, really good artist. Bill Withers, so many great songs. This is one that gets overlooked a lot. But uh, Bill Withers, uh, salute to all our veterans out there on this Veterans Day week. That is our musical theme of the week. Text line still open, 512-447-3776. Trying to get to all of you before we get out. Uh, we get uh, this one says, "Shouldn't Buffalo be criticized? Shouldn't the Buffalo Bills be criticized just like the Cowboys? They should, but I don't. We're not in New York, so I'm not going to talk as much about Buffalo. And they're not America's team, so they're not going to get talked about as much. They should be criticized. They should have got a running back. I, I'm not sold on Sean McDermott once Brian Dayball left. You know, I think you know what Brian Dayball was able to do with Josh Allen. They they worked extremely well together, and now that he's gone, those turnovers come back. And if Josh Allen's going to throw a bunch of turnovers, Throw a bunch of interceptions. It's going to be a problem for any team. 
So, yeah, I do think that there's issues. I mean, I probably, I, you know, there's something to be said about consistency and coaching that it's a lost art and there's, you know, great teams have consistency. But I think you need to know that consistency has a potential and it can be set pretty early. And I don't know if Sean McDermott is going to be able to now get this team over the hump unless you try something drastic and new. And I think beating over at the same time again is not necessarily the way to go. Uh, but we're going to talk more Cowboys than Bills. But yes, the the Bills can be criticized as well, uh, and Josh Allen can. For for I like I don't I get Josh Allen brings some more ability than Dak Prescott does, and he has more upside. So people are going to be a little bit more favorable to him because he is a guy that can come back and will you to win a game, but he can also cost you a game. So, uh, but I agree with you. I, I'm not I'm. I, look, I don't want to put it as the Cowboys are the worst team in the league. That's not the problem. The problem is they keep saying, and Jerry keeps coming out and acting like there's a Super Bowl team, and they're just blatantly not. And they've actually regressed under this team. And if you're going not the right direction, you're going the wrong direction if you're a Cowboys uh, fan right now because the team doesn't look better than it did last year. You added Brandon Brandon Cooks, and you're not using him. And they talked about today they've got to get more targets. Of course you do. Uh, you you know you get Tony Pollard, you move on from Zeke. Who you think? Well, Zeke was past his prime; he wasn't getting it done. So now we got this fancy quarter, new fancy running back who everybody wants to see go play. You're not able to use him in the ability that you want to use him for. You know, it's they don't seem to be in the right path uh, to aiming upwards. They seem like they're a team that this season could go very off the rails, or hopefully. They get that stretch of games, and they prove to everybody their internal will. Dan Quinn takes his defense and really starts to to bear down on these teams. Uh, Brandon says it would be funny to re-sign the guy that was released to take over for the guy that took his spot originally. Uh, yeah. Uh, and if you haven't talked about it already, how much of a difference maker do you think Martavis Bryant will be for the Cowboys at Vinny? I don't really think. I think they're going to try and see if he can work in the red zone is what we just said. I think that's mainly what they're going to try and do is see if he can work in the red zone. Uh, but, I, you know, that depends on timing. That depends if he's still able to get up and win 50-50 balls. You're going to go up against that Dan Quinn defense, so they're going to be coming after you in practice. If he can go do that, then he's going to get in, but it's basically for red zone, I believe, would be the main thing. And I agree. And you know what? You have a perfect point, though. Jerry does not like to prove that he was to admit that he was wrong. But if you want to salvage any part, if you want to try and salvage to get back to a team that can compete with the 49ers, compete with the Eagles, compete with those top teams that are going to be meeting the playoffs, you may have to make a couple more moves. You may have to try and do some things to fix some problems uh, before it's all over. Bill is having trouble tanking. He will be back. He just signed an extension. I know he just signed the extension. I, I really have very it, – it would very much surprise me if Bill Belichick is a coach of the Patriots next season. Every report would tell you that they have both soured on each other and it's time to move on. Uh, so I, I I don't think that – I know they signed the extension, the Crafts, and they'll work they'll, – they'll basically pass it on because Bill Belichick is 71 years old and I believe he's 28 wins away, 29 wins away from the all-time winning record, which is what he wants, and he's not going to get into New England because it's going to take four or five more years to do that. The Crafts are not going to wait for that to happen. They're going to have to get a new quarterback. They're going to have to rebuild that offense, and I don't know if Bill Belichick's the guy to do it. I think they want to move off of him at GM is one of the major things, and if you move him off GM, he's done. He's walking out, and there may be some better offers for him out there. We can get into that tomorrow, though. We have a little bit more time. Uh, Lorenzo, uh Love your opinion on Belichick's coaching. So here's my question. If the Patriots do tank and try to get Caleb Williams, do you think they will mesh well and rebuild what he had with Brady? I don't think Bill Belichick will be 
Uh, I don't think Bill, Bill Belichick would be coaching them. I think if they tank, he's gone. I think he's walking away. He's going to go try and go somewhere else. There's teams like San Diego that you know may want to make a splash higher and bring him in and have a defense that he can go coach and have a young offense. And they have an offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Maybe you will bring in Josh McDaniels and they like that. That makes more sense to me. A team like that, uh, you know, there's there's other places where he might go where they really where they have a better chance to get those wins in two to three years, not four or five. Because that's all he wants. He wants to be the winningest coach of all time. He's like 29 wins away from it, I believe, behind Don Shula. I want to play a sound from uh, Ian Rod B. Weekday morning, 6 to 11, right here on the Horn. Uh, with Rod kind of talking and Aaron talking about Dallas, the running problems, and Tony Pollard, maybe some solutions, maybe some talk about Texas and the, about Dallas and their running issues. All right. I want to talk about the Cowboys' loss to the Eagles because – you know, this usually happens after a big game for the Cowboys, especially after a big loss for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are looking for Cowboys fans are looking for someone to blame. Uh, when you have Dak, who played a great game um, in in that uh, in that game versus the Eagles, and you got that big Dak energy, oftentimes it's an easy, <laughs> uh, you know blame game for Cowboys fans because they just blame Dak. I mean, it's got to be Dak's fault. Cowboys didn't play well. Uh, Must have been on Dak, right? Dak's not playing well. But Dak actually performed really well, and Dak was, you know, and some people still probably put this on Dak. I don't put this loss on Dak. I think the Cowboys got other issues, and it's got nothing to really do with Dak Prescott or even to do with the passing game right now. Um, I think the Cowboys' issues, and, and we've talked about it, and he's talked about it too, is largely due to their inability to be able to run the football and their identity in the running game. We just don't know who they are on the ground. Maybe that's because of Tony Pollard's injury. Maybe it's because of the offensive line. And if I'm pointing fingers, uh, you know, that's the reason why the Cowboys lost that game uh, versus Eagles 28-23. to And like I said, Dak wasn't the reason. Three touchdowns, 374 yards, 115 pass ready. Dak was awesome. As a matter of fact, Dak right now leads the uh, – he leads the NFL – in pass rating on third down, I know, yeah, 118.7. Uh, completion percentage uh, on third down, 75.4%. And yards per attempt on on third down, yeah, which is 9.7. So Dak's, Dak's, Dak's actually been playing really well, especially the last three weeks or so. He's really finding his groove. And after the bye week, Cowboys really found a way to juice the passing game, mostly just – giving the ball to CeeDee Lamb more. I mean, CeeDee Lamb, last three games, 30 receptions, 466 yards, uh, 18 uh, receptions of 15-plus yards, two touchdowns. He's been a monster in the last three games, and the Cowboys have figured out, you know what, we got to feed CeeDee. Got to give him the football more. So, really, the Cowboys' issues right now, I think, are going to be focused in a couple of areas. Their issues are now on the O-line. That relates to the running game. Also, we don't know what's going on personnel-wise with the back with the uh, backfield with Tony Pollard because I think he right now is. I don't know. I, I think he. I don't know if he's still injured, but he's definitely not as explosive as he was last year. So I still think he's recovering from the injury um, and still trying to you know get back to that explosive potential that he had as a running back. But maybe it was, and I brought this up you know last week too. You know, he, he's, he was a complimentary piece last year. And, you know, Zeke was the focal point. And I, even though the Cowboys decided to increase his usage and his load, I do wonder coming off the injury. I don't think – I think he could handle a workload of being 
a main course, you know, bell cow running back if he wasn't coming off a significant injury, the most significant injury he's had as a pro. I think he could handle it. But I think both of those uh, components, both of those factors are really leading to the regression we've seen from him. And here's the regression because this is why a lot of y'all picked Tony Pollard on y'all's fantasy team. Last season, he was ranked first in yards after contact per touch, second in explosive play rate, and 18th in forced missed tackles per touch which is still one of the high numbers this season. Those numbers have dropped to 28th, 20th, and 33rd. So he is just not the same back right now as he was. And like I said, a lot of it could just be usage. He's getting a lot more usage than he was as the bell car running back, but I think it's both usage and the injury. But last game versus Philly, not only was the running game non-existent because I think we're still dealing with Pollard's issues as for the reasons why he regressed, the offensive line has probably looked as bad as we've seen them in a long time. Mainly Terrence Steele. I'll give you a Terrence Steele stat that's just mind-blowing. In that game versus the Eagles, this is easily the worst game Terrence Steele's ever played as a pro. It's got to be. If he's had a game worse than this, and I don't want to see it. Um, Terrence Steele allowed 12 pressures in a game versus the Eagles, seven quarterback hurries, and four sacks. He had a pass-blocking grade from pro football focus of 15. 15. 15. Well, and the big sack he gave up uh, late in the game from the six-yard oh, line. Actually, brutal. from the 11-yard line because he had a five-yard penalty. But then that sack, you know, it killed the Cowboys. Brutal. And he, th- that was Josh Sweat. Oh, yeah. So he, he right now in the season now with those 12 pressures allowed versus Philly has allowed 28 pressures on the season. Uh, yeah, his regression also needs to be tracked. And the Cowboys got to figure out what's going on with Terrence Steele. They might need to invest in a new right tackle. I have no idea what's going on. Didn't they sign him? Huh? Yeah, I know. So I'm like, I'm like, what's going on with Terry Steele with that? And maybe it's just the Philadelphia Eagles that good. So I think the lack of running game is the O-line. There's a regression on the O-line, not entirely because Tyron Smith is still playing at a high level. Um, you know, obviously he's old, so you got to deal with injury there. But Tyler Smith, he's – man, he, he killed it in that game versus the Eagles. He was awesome. He, he matched up against Jalen Carter several times, actually 13 snaps, only allowed one pressure. Jalen Carter is a, a load. Right? He's a handful to deal with. He only allowed two pressures the entire game versus that Eagles front, um, and that's a 3.3% pressure rate. That was the lowest among left guards in all the NFL. So he was great. Tyron Smith is good. You know you got Zach Martin, who's an also it's, – it's actually just a couple of areas of that offensive line – that are underachieving right now. And I think that's hurting the Cowboys too. And the Cowboys have the same issue as the Longhorns. The red zone offense is dreadful. Cowboys red zone offense touchdown percentage 29th out of 32 teams. And their goal to go touchdown percentage 31st. 31st in go-to-go touchdown percentage and 29th in uh, touchdown percentage in the red zone. That has got to change. And the strange thing is, and that I, it, this might be Dak-related, if you go outside the red zone, Dak's completion percentage is 73%. Uh, inside the red zone, it drops to 57%. So he's actually uh, the actually is leading the NFL in touch. Sorry, in completion percentage outside the red zone, but he's 16th in red zone completion percentage. Uh, so something about the schematics of the offense I think needs to change when they get into the red zone. Remember last season, the Cowboys were number one basically in red zone offense, one of the top red zone offenses in, in the uh, NFL, and now they're hovering around 29th overall. Well, and let's also add the, the level of bad fortune, right? Uh, 
you know, Luke, Shoemaker falls down at the inch line. That I mean, uh, Dak Prescott by an inch goes out of bounds. I mean, those are those are tough. But yeah, the numbers are the numbers. And the best thing for Dallas coming out of Rod's rant is they do have three very winnable games here, right? They can, you know, if there are three games where you feel like your defense can can suffocate a team, and you can work on the run game, and you can try to work in a different right tackle if you need to, or get, you know, what what is what does Bobby Knight say about uh, you know oh, performance, right? Yeah, the mo- uh, best motivator is ass on bench, right? Ass on bench, ass on bench, man. You know, if you if you give yeah. up in a big game like that, if you get dominated to that level, Ooh. you might have to put ass on bench. Uh, if you're Terrence Steele, and light a fire because you need more from him. But, again, you're playing the Giants, Carolina, and then Washington. Now, Washington just beat the New England Patriots in New England, so that's going to be the toughest of those games. But with with, with your Giants now without uh, Daniel Jones for the rest of the year, and Carolina is a one-win team, yep. uh, their defense should be able to just – and special teams can suffocate you out and win you that game. So maybe these are a couple of games ahead of Thanksgiving where you're going to – and Washington always plays Dallas tough. It's a Thanksgiving game. These, two, these next two games, I'll say, Rod – you know, work on the run game. I mean, really I dedicate you yourself that. to yeah. it. Because that would be my, my point. Because when you come out of the, the Thanksgiving game stretch, I've told you, Cowboys are playing Seattle and then, you know, Miami yeah. and Philadelphia and Detroit. And, I mean, it's just – That won't be any side of the world going to yeah. anything. Yeah. That's where you need it. You uh, and I would argue, you know, December football, you got to be able to run the ball. Yep. And, you know, at this point, it's, you can point fingers about not making a trade for Derrick Henry or not going and getting a running back, uh, not drafting a running back, not signing a running back in free agency and believing in your guys. But at the same time, at this point, you got to go with it. And you got to work on it. Uh, yeah. You got to get it better because I think they did work on the passing game in the bye week, and we've seen they the results. Did. Dak's been great since the bye week. CD and CD's been arguably best receiver in football has <laughs> two or three games. Uh, that's how well he's playing. So I'm with you on that. And you know, Tony Pollard, he is, I believe, right now he has the the record. I don't know if it's a record. But he has the most consecutive touches in the NFL without a touchdown. So yeah. the Cowboys aren't weaponizing him. They aren't doing him any favors. I think the injury is, hurt, is hurting him. I think the O-line a little bit, that's working. So I'm with you. I think work on the running game while you have a chance to. And you remember last season it was – what was it? Uh, what's the name of their former running back coach? Was it Skip? Skip, Skip, Skip Pete. Pete. Skip Pete. Famously, I remember he said uh, about Tony Pollard, he said, when you make him a bell call running back, because he was asked about it several times, and he always rejected the notion. And I don't think he's there anymore, but he said the juice isn't the same and he's not as quick, not as fast. He said when he has that, had that long run uh, against the Bears, he was talking about a couple of seasons ago, he said as soon as he got to the sideline, he said, Coach, I'm done. I'm done for the game. I got no more. Some guys are race cars. Some guys are high-quality, expensive sedans. Those sedans can go forever and for a long distance at a very high rate where race cars can go very fast and quick, and then they run out of gas. I've always just felt at that position, you've got to have two guys that are quality backs that can help each other, bounce off each other, and it helps that their running styles are a little bit different. I think the Cowboys are missing that change of pace. That's their running backs coach? That was, that was, that was Skip Pete back then. When he did he for the mention Cowboys. that to Jerry Jones at any point? I'm sure he did, <laughs> but I think this is what you were talking hey, about, why you, why you wanted Derrick Henry there, why some people said keep Zeke or even go get I said keep Zeke. Yeah, I said keep Zeke. But you do need to change your pace because he can't be – I think the bell cow thing ain't working for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I watched this past week. I didn't watch because the Bears are bad. But Deontay Foreman had like 20 carries for oh, 85 yards. I mean, wouldn't on, he man. be the perfect compliment? Perfect And you could have got him for a song. Oh. All right, we'll come back. You know, more finger pointing. Cowboys, we're, we're trying to be positive. Get That's better true. in the run game. Get better. But you can't just go find players now. And you got to go with what you got. And hope is not a strategy. Hope is not a strategy. <laughs> hope is not a strategy. Oh, that's the Cowboys for you. We got to take our last break. We'll come back here on the Sports Complex. 101.9. Horn, 101, Horn. 
We'll get this right on the horn 1019 AM twelve sixty the horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex weekday afternoons on the horn. We went over again. What are you going to do? We'll be back tomorrow, though, with more uh, Sports Complex for you. Uh, we would appreciate everybody on the text line. Appreciate you guys texting in and being part of the show. You guys make the show go without you. It's just me just me ranting for two hours a day. So I appreciate you guys' input. Always love having conversations with you. Hope to have you back tomorrow for another big show as we start to move on to TCU. So we start to get ready for the week in sports and see what other crazy sports stories are going to be happening until then be kind be safe keep your underwear clean and we'll see you tomorrow right back here five o'clock on the sports complex on the horn